So a hard-fought loss, but a loss nonetheless for Missouri on Saturday against Kentucky. Obviously, that's not the type of defense you want to see. How much do we blame Steve Wilkes? How much blame do we put on the players? Plus, everything that Eli Drinkwitz did, both good and bad on Saturday as well. Coming up next, right now, on Locked on Mizzou. On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome once again, all you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And yes, coming up on today's show. I just have a ton to get to on this Missouri-Kentucky game. So let's get to it as quickly as we can. But first, I do want to remind you that you got to check out Locked on the SEC. Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Just a great podcast. Lots of great guests. Follow Locked on SEC on Odyssey or wherever you get your podcasts for free. But you know what? Let's start off with the Tiger defense. Unfortunately, we got to lead with the bad. There's plenty of good to get into in this game as well. But let's be honest, that Missouri defense was not good on Saturday. And frankly, I thought Steve Wilkes, what, what was he supposed to do? Missouri was just at a talent deficit. As much as I wanted to pick Missouri last week as the big fan that I am, how am I supposed to do that? when I could see on film that the Tigers were going to be at a deficit on both sides of the line of scrimmage. So to me, no matter what Wilkes did, he played a lot more zone defense than he did in week one, without a doubt. Again, they showed nothing against Central Michigan. Well, they did that. They brought pressure at times. And no matter what they did, it doesn't really matter a whole lot when the offensive line is pushing your defensive line back consistently. I thought the secondary had its moments for the Tigers, but frankly, the front seven, not very many at all. It seemed like Kentucky, a lot of what they did watching the game back this morning, they would find Trey John Jeffcoat, be like, hey, there he is. He's over on the right side. Okay, let's run the ball to the left side. Or if on a play action fake, let's make sure we have somebody else in there helping to chip Jeffcoat, for instance. And Missouri on the other side just didn't have a lot of answers. Isaiah McGuire had one really nice sack in the ball game. Other than that, just not a lot of pressure was generated by Missouri in this game. And certainly the run defense left a tremendous amount to be desired through two weeks. Missouri has one of the worst statistical run defenses and just defenses in general in the entire country. Fortunately, Missouri bails itself out for the second week in a row, quite honestly, by forcing some turnovers. Now, that is something that Steve Wilkes emphasized. J.C. Carlise, 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 I'm going to figure out how to pronounce his name correctly 100% eventually. That kid is a keeper, along with Tyler Beatty, obviously, who's an obvious star to anybody with a set of eyeballs at this point. J.C., really, Jalen Carlise, He has been the revelation of the season so far. Obviously forced a couple turnovers, came up with an interception. 
man, he has just played really, really good football so far for the Tigers. So those that's the positives. On the negative side of the equation, unfortunately, not only was the Missouri defensive front not doing its job, the linebackers were mostly invisible as well. Now, you can, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see I'm wearing some Kansas City Chiefs gear right now. Well, obviously, I watched the Chiefs yesterday, and I focused mostly on Nick Bolton, because why not? I love me some Nick Bolton. You all know that if you've listened to the show before. And if you're a newbie, you probably suspected it. Well, I also ended up watching Blaze Aldridge a lot, too. And it's just really glaring how much Missouri does miss Nick Bolton. And not only is Blaze Aldridge just not the most fleet of foot guy in the world, one thing that became obvious, he's just not the biggest guy in the world either. Now, Nick Bolton fills out his Kansas City Chiefs uniform. He does not look like a rookie whatsoever. Blaze Aldridge, though, I hate to say it, when Will Levis trucked him over for a first down at one point in the game, he made Blaze look kind of small. And first, one of the first two snaps of the game, I believe it was the second snap of the game, Wandale Robinson, receiver for Kentucky, takes a jet sweep about 65, 70 yards deep into Missouri territory. Well, you go back and watch that play, you'll see that both Devin Nicholson and Blaze Aldridge lunge toward the line of scrimmage, anticipating some type of handoff to Chris Rodriguez, apparently. Well, once Robinson had the ball and got around the edge, there was nobody there. Carlisle just had to sprint backwards as fast as he can. He's the only man back. Frankly, great hustle by Ennis Rakestraw just to come down, help Carlisle make the tackle, or else that would have been a touchdown. Obviously, Kentucky punches it in anyway. Still, I do want to at least point out a nice bit of hustle there by Rakestraw that did save a touchdown. But later in the game, I also noticed that Aldridge lunged at a faked screen, wide receiver screen, out to the right side of the play for Kentucky. Well, he lunges out to that as if to try to anticipate the play. Meanwhile, he vacates his run gap and allows Chris Rodriguez to run right past him for a big game. I think Blaze Aldridge's problem is right now, obviously he came from Rice. That's a different level of football than the SEC, to say the least. And before Rice, he came from an even smaller level than that. So I think Aldridge is the type of guy, he, he has to make up for his physical deficiencies by guessing a little bit, or at least that's how he's gotten by so far in his career. If I had a one, listen, I'm not a, I've never played linebacker in my life, but if I had one piece of advice for Aldridge, I would say just stay in your lane a little bit more. Stay in your run fits because lunging and trying to guess and get out of position, making a spectacular play, that's not working right now. Just stay in your lane and, and don't give up the spectacular play by the offense. That would be my advice for Blaze Aldridge. But you know what? I have another piece of advice for all of you, and that's a new sponsor here on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're tired of the way that daily fantasy is being played, we got to check out Prize Picks. Prize Picks offers every sport you can think of football, basketball, soccer, MMA. Well, and they also have more college football props 
than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you probably have never even heard of. Everything from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown, all kinds of props. But we've got a great deal for you too. Use your promo code Locked On and you'll get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to two times any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com or go to the App Store Download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Now, one thing strategically I would change up if I were Steve Wilkes, I think a Caleb Evans needs to play the entire football game. He, he absolutely should have played the whole game against Kentucky. I understand the logic of rotating corners against a Josh Heupel high-speed type offense. Remember Josh Heupel, now the coach of Tennessee, former Missouri offensive coordinator under Drew Locke during his first couple seasons with the Tigers. I get the logic, but to me against Kentucky, a team that is fairly slow-paced, relatively moderate in its pacing, an NFL-like pace, just play your best corners. And to me, a Caleb Evans is obviously one of Missouri's two best corners. He probably has been their best corner so far, to my eyes. And, you know... I don't want to. I hate, I hate to criticize college kids too much, so I'll just say I don't understand this staff's fascination with Ish Burdine. I really don't. I'm not saying he's a bad player. Again, I just don't think he he matches up to what a Caleb Evans can do on the field. Now, don't get me wrong. Evans played the majority of the snaps. I believe he played in fifty some odd snaps yesterday. To me, it should have been all seventy five or however many it was on that side of the ball. Every little snap matters, and to me, have your best 11 guys out there more often than not. If Blaze Aldridge can play virtually every snap, I think a Caleb Evans can too. That's my main point. And by the way, speaking of Blaze, Steve Wilkes did make an adjustment a little bit too late in my opinion, but on a crucial third and 10, a third and long play, Missouri plays a zone defense, but Aldridge lined up over the top of a receiver. And again, why not just substitute a dime defender in? Give me another defensive back. And Aldridge, unfortunately, just lets the receiver kind of run past him a little bit as if to pass off, pass him off to another player behind him or something. The problem is there, there was nobody to throw to in front of Aldridge. So he needs to keep backpedaling there and not give up such an easy conversion. I, I really didn't understand that at all. Fortunately, later in the game, certainly in the second half, I noticed Steve Wilkes did make that adjustment, taking out Aldridge, putting in a defensive back in that situation. Let's keep doing that the rest of the year. By all means, on third and 10, third and 15, let's get those extra DBs on the field. You can never have too many in that, in that position, in my opinion. And by the way, speaking of extra defenders in the backfield, let's actually switch to the Missouri offense, the Missouri side of the ball, the offensive side of the ball. Really, Connor Basilek played a good game, but the one interception he threw, I think he got a little bit confused. It was the one time, the first time, I should say, in the ball game where Kentucky gave Connor a little bit different look. 
Now, Kentucky likes to sit back defensively, rush four for the most part, play two deep safeties, and you know rush to the rush to the ball carrier and make a tackle. Fortunately, Tyler Beatty is such an excellent player. He made the Kentucky defender, the first guy at least, miss a heck of a lot, especially on those dump-off plays and those screen plays. But, again, Missouri down seven, has the ball, start a halftime. They've, felt, they've really rallied to fight back into this ball game. Basilak throws a quick interception, though, as Missouri is just starting to get its drive going. An excellent play by the Kentucky defender. A really, really nice catch, no doubt about that. Basilak just can't force that ball, though. And to me, I think since Kentucky only rushed three that time, dropped eight players into defense, I just think he had been reading seven defenders the whole game. He threw that eighth defender in there. I think it just surprised him, or I think maybe he just tried to force something in there. That was the one mistake there to me by Bazelak. The one ball he would absolutely 100% have back. But for the most part, I thought Connor played a really nice football game. He still needs to work on connecting, and this is on the receivers too. We still need to be better at connecting on balls 15 to 20 plus yards down the field. The deep shots have to be more efficient, but I thought his decision-making was really sound for the most part. And that guy's unflappable, man. He apparently got a little banged up in the first in the first quarter and really looked injured at the end of the fourth quarter on that fourth and 15 that Missouri had there. Honestly, I, should, I think they should have put Brady Cook in there in that spot. I said it at the time while watching live. I just didn't think he looked right. I think he got a better chance... You hate to take out Connor there, you really do, but I just don't. I thought he was physically compromised. And not knowing what his status is for Saturday, I assume he'll play, but to me, even if he's 80% against Southeast Missouri State, I think you should start Brady Cook. If you can't beat Southeast Missouri State without Connor Basilak, you're not going anywhere this season anyway. You got a 99% chance to win that game, even with your backup. Cook has shown stuff before, and heck, if Missouri gets a lead, maybe we can see some Tyler Macon in the second half, too. Remember, that would not burn his red shirt. And speaking of burning, well, you're probably going to be burning up this Saturday if you attend the SEMO football game. So, of course, you know what my advice is. Get you some sweat block. Yes, the doctor created, doctor recommended, sweat-killing wipes that work for up to seven days per use. Their dry shirt guarantee of sweat block doesn't help keep you dry. Well, guess what? You'll get your money back. These are manufactured in the USA, sold on Amazon, CVS. Wear these babies with confidence. Your little secret, the two confidence. This is a must-have to me for everyone's toiletry bag. Whether it's that big presentation, a hot date, or indeed the hot SEMO football game. So get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or again at Amazon or CVS. And by Built Bar. Yes, the most delicious protein bar ever devised by mankind. You know, when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they are very, very passionate 
about their favorite flavors. And why not? They've got quite the variety of stuff from raspberry, cherry, mint brownie, the whole deal. Salted caramel, you can't go wrong with any of them. But figure out what you like by getting a mix box where you will get two of each of the nine delicious flavors of Built Bar. Find out which one really suits your fancy. But regardless, here's the secret. They're all high-protein, low-cal, low-sugar, low-carb. Yeah, that's the equation you want, people. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Once again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So what can you really say about Tyler Beatty at this point, the man who is leading NCAA football in scrimmage yards as we speak? He's just quite the player, maybe the best Missouri running back since, I I don't know, honestly. I, I really feel that strongly about the kid, since at least Marcus Murphy and Henry Josie, right? No disrespect to Larry Roundtree, who's an awesome player, a hell of a workhorse, and a hell of a model American. Oh, by the way, Larry Roundtree with eight carries for the Chargers yesterday. He looks like he's for sure their number two running back right now, at least through week one. But man, Beatty, I tell you, he is something special. And I said on my preview shows that if Missouri didn't average five, six yards a carry, they were probably going to lose. Well, they were just under five a carry with Tyler Beatty. And for as impressive as he was in that football game as a runner, that's actually kind of an indictment of Missouri's offensive line a little bit. The fact that they couldn't get him over five a carry. And it's also credit to Kentucky's defensive front as well and just their plan defensively. It certainly worked. you got to give Kentucky a lot of credit. And frankly, this result was more about Kentucky being a really good team to me. I underestimated Kentucky in the preseason, but candidly, once I turned on their week one game against Louisiana Monroe, I knew I underestimated them. So I reversed course and very reluctantly picked Kentucky on Friday to win this football game. You could see why. There's no reason that Kentucky shouldn't have been favored in that game. They got, they rushed for 300 some odd yards against Missouri. So Really, just the fact that Missouri was able to hang in this football game is a credit to Eli Drinkwitz's creative play calling in a lot of ways. Also a credit to some of the Missouri defenders for making big plays. Hey, I know I criticized Blaze Aldridge in in this podcast so far, but he also totally redeemed himself with a blocked field goal at the end of the game. A kick. By the way, I'm very much a go for it guy. I thought fourth and one, 37-yard field goal to go up two possessions. I thought Mark Stoops made the right call there. I would have kicked a field goal too. I think he's pretty confident, especially if I had Harrison Mevis. And I feel like, yeah, that kicks money for sure. You got a really good kicker. I think you kick that every time. Just so happens that, I don't know, they messed up their blocking because nobody put a body on Aldridge there. He easily blocks the kick. But, you know, obviously... Eli Drinkwitz, his red zone play calling was excellent. That little play to Daniel Parker that tied the ball game, they'd send Tyler Beatty out in motion. Well, that's going to get the eye of your defense, right? Everybody in the stadium knows how good he's been in this game. 
Well, that gets the eye of the defense. And, you know, Basilak, not exact, they're not calling a lot of designed runs for him, but that's exactly what it was. It was a designed run, a pulling guard. Daniel Parker comes around, almost an end around type play. That was the easiest eight yard touchdown run, essentially, even though it was a forward pass I've ever seen. I mean, that's just brilliant play design. A very Andy Reid esque play call, once again by Drinkwitz. Unfortunately, there are some other possibly not as positive parts of Drinkwitz I've noticed so far that actually remind me of Andy Reid as well. I thought it was bizarre that Drinkwitz, fourth down and four, the way the Missouri defense played in that football game, what was there, 10, 11 minutes left? I'm sorry I didn't write down this time, but Missouri trailing the football game, it's fourth and four. You're inside of Kentucky territory. You're inside the 50-yard line. How do you not just go for it there? I mean, really, how do you put it in your defense's hands? And what ultimately ends up happening, Missouri has another drive late where, guess what? They have to go for like a fourth and, and 13 or 15 or something like that because, unfortunately, on the third and five, our def- or our, our protection got confused. Right tackle just doesn't block the guy on the outside, and he has a free run at Connor Basilak. This is the play where, again, free shot right at Basilak. He's on the ground, and he's grimacing, folks. I, I just thought, you know, bring in Brady Cook here. I'm not really blaming Eli there. Uh, don't get me wrong. My criticism of Eli is specifically being too conservative there, choosing not to go for it there inside of midfield, fourth down and four. To me, you got to put it all on the re- on the line right there. And even if you don't get it, field position-wise, you still have a chance. You haven't lost the game. Obviously, it hurts, but the game isn't over at that point. So to me, upside much higher than the downside at that particular moment. Also, obviously, Basilak and the Missouri offense did an excellent job of executing a two-minute drill at the end of the first half to close it within one possession. But boy, some of the t- I, I didn't understand the timeout strategy Drinkwitz had of, well, he would call timeout after Missouri got a first down, and of course they momentarily stop the play on those, of course. Yeah, in order to move the chains, they stop the clock for a little bit. So why in those situations are you calling timeout? Missouri was rather fortunate to get a touchdown there. That was a pretty deep pass down the field with four seconds left on the clock. Missouri needed more time than that to give themselves more chances to get into the end zone. Certainly, you'd have felt pretty good with a Harrison Mevis field goal from that situation. Give yourself more chances to get into the end zone, though. I'd I'd like to think that Eli Drinkwitz is going to rethink that one. I don't know. But, of course, once again, Andy Reid was also guilty of bizarre time management and also was too conservative, in my opinion, on a fourth down early in the football game. It's one of those deals where why don't certain coaches just have time management specialists? What would be the downside of that? You certainly couldn't do any worse than Andy Reid, who is a brilliant offensive mind, an excellent head football coach, a Hall of Famer, Super Bowl winner, I love the guy. I don't want him to go anywhere. I just don't understand why we can't just admit what the problem is. Find somebody who can fix it. Just let them do it. 
You know, Eli Drinkwitz could perhaps consider doing the same thing. He's much earlier into his head coaching career, but you know, Eli calls the plays, but he doesn't call the plays on defense. He lets somebody else do that. Well, by the same token, I don't know why football coaches can't let go of the time management thing a little bit. You've got enough to do, right? It's okay to let that go if that's not your strength. It's not a sign of weakness. It's actually a strength. Just turn a weakness into a strength. Just don't micromanage. Give it to somebody else. I'm telling you that's something that Andy Reid certainly should consider. Maybe Eli Drinkwood should as well. But you know what? Here's one more thing you got to consider. You got to consider checking out your boy Q and Lee Sterling for free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Locked On Bets, your daily spot for all things wagering. Brought to you by betonline.ag. Again, check out Locked On Bets. And definitely check me out tomorrow on the Locked On Mizzou podcast. Frankly, I have more observations I need to get to about this Kentucky game. We're not done with it yet, so probably more of that tomorrow. Also, some updates on basketball as well. Drew Smith signed a contract with the Miami Heat. What does that mean about his possible future in the NBA? Well, we'll get to it all. We'll, we will get to it all tomorrow right here on Locked on Missouri.